0: Living Your Truth is a podcast for creative humans who don't like to fit in a box, who have multiple passions to follow, who are curious and eager to forge their own path in their own unique, messy, and human way, who are ready to make things happen on their own terms and in their own time. This is a safe space for honest, deep, and meaningful conversations about living your truth out loud as a creative. Welcome to episode 10 of Loving Your Tooth Podcast. This is going to be the last episode of this year, but not of this season. There is one more story that I would like to share with you in the first week of January 2020. Today, I'm sharing a conversation with Rupina. Rupina is a business owner of a creative shop, The Grey Muse, a social worker and a psychotherapist by profession. The Grey Muse, her creative shop, was founded in 2019 and it is the first enamel paint shop specifically designed for crafters and artists in mind in this episode we talked about setting up a creative business for yourself finding your own version of success enjoying the process more than the outcome and the importance of listening to your own intuition to guide the way i hope you will enjoy and i'll catch you again in 2020 for one last time before wrapping the season one of the podcast and um, here's my conversation with Rubina. Hi Rubina, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Hello. Tell us all about you, where you are in the world and what do you do?
1: Um, I own a small business. I started an enamel pin shop called the Grey Muse. Um I started it in March. So it's been about eight months. And I design enamel pins for artists and creatives. And I um professionally I'm a social worker. So I started adding collections that speak to um, you know, that uplift people or make them feel better. Um, Reminders, like affirmations and quotes. So I I've been doing that full time since March. And I'm also a psychotherapist. I'm leaving that day job so I can focus on my creative, my creativity and my business. I'm in Jersey City, New Jersey. That's across from New York City. That's where I work. Almost a New Yorker, but not quite. My husband's from the <laughs> Bronx. He was born and raised there.
0: Okay, Rubina, tell us more about your business. How and when you started?
1: Um. Okay, so I started in March. Mainly because before I started the shop, I was doing a lot of crafting and painting. I was making handmade greeting cards, and I worked for a lot of design companies using their products. Um, It was getting to be a very, very expensive hobby, but (laughs) it helped to nurture my creative side. Um, And I really got into illustration and design and making pretty things. Then I started watercolor, watercoloring and painting, and I really wanted to do something of my own. So when I started it, I just wanted to see if I could do it. So I started with really basic designs of things that I loved, like ink swatches, a uh, handmade card, and quotes. And it did really well, and I enjoyed it. I, I love collecting pins, and I only recently started like actually wearing it on my clothes and bags. And people love it. Everywhere I go, I can talk about it. We, we talk about art and creativity. And I, I just keep getting ideas, which means that I'm on the right track. You know, it's, it's really it's fun. I get to be really creative in my own way and relate to a lot of people and uh, connect to them over art and crafting and cute things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's also because um, this is something you always wanted to do. I,
1: I hadn't nurtured my creativity until I was 29. <laughs> so most of my life I was very focused on just academics and reading and just being like a geek. And I knew something was missing. And what was missing was for me to uh, share my voice in a creative way, in my own way. And I've been learning to do that in the past four or five years. And I'm getting to a point where now I can combine my my artistic side with that side of me that likes to write and read and uplift and affirm and um, advocate for mental health awareness and wellness.
0: Your story and your personal journey is so interesting because I can hear that even though you were busy in um, geeking out, let's say, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, uh, still you felt the need to connect to your artistic side because you felt the need to express yourself more creatively in, in your work and in, yeah. I,
1: I think connecting with that artistic side allows us to be more childlike and curious because when we're writing there is creativity to that but we're so focused on saying it the right way or doing a certain you know like the the language and the grammar and the way we say things but the, with artistic you you don't really have control over it you mm-hmm. learn to let go of that control like my my watercolor paintings uh even if i tried to do the same thing over and over it, it would always show up differently and that I learned to let go of like perfectionism or the result. And so I, I learned, especially this year, uh, more to focus on the process and to enjoy being in the moment versus, well, how is this going to turn
0: out? That is so interesting that you have put it (coughs) this way, because in my case, I think it was the opposite, even though I started design, uh, it is a little bit different in if you study fine arts because in design there are certain rules and uh, especially in product design or graphic design, um, mm-hmm. which was product was my major and graphic design was my minor, you, you do have a certain rules because you are designing for the customers in mind. Right. You know? And uh, in fine art, it's different because it is more important for you to express yourself creatively instead of Uh, following any set of
1: rules right I mean eventually you do get to a point where you find your style and Mm -hmm. you learn to do some of the same things over and over but the result is never it's it's usually hard to get the same result and so that's why it's fun because you can keep doing it and keep growing and trying new things and just having a sense of play when it comes to creating so I feel that way when I get to design my my pins I'm not overly like um like trying to get them perfect like some designers they want them to turn out a certain way but I'll be okay with it's good enough and I had fun and it it resonates you know it's it's people do still relate to it
0: I think that's an important part of the creative process to becoming okay with your good enough work. And uh, a lot of us struggle with that kind of courage and confidence to put our work out there because in our own head, it's not perfect enough to share with anybody else, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Most, I mean, I, I do a lot of personal development work too. So I'm always committed to growing and part of the growth was, um, Learning that, you know, because I was a professionist, everything I wanted to put out had to look a certain way, especially when it came to card making. I I became, um, I was focused on like making sure the photos were great, even the props. And when I started my business, um, I learned especially that not everything's going to be a hit and that's okay. It was more about being consistent with my message sharing my story with people some people will relate some people won't and it's nothing personal
0: exactly it's, yeah. it's
1: part of who you are and you're not going to be a hit 100 percent of the time and that's mm-hmm. okay
0: yeah because you're not everyone's cup of tea somebody's going to like it and resonate with what you have to say and somebody's not going to and that's okay
1: And you give permission to people to do the same, to show up, that it's not about how does it look, but more that it was something that I desired or wanted to do, and I did it. You don't have to share it with the world, but it was more important that you answered that desire. There are times when I want to do something or want to design something, I'll do it. I get really excited about it. I release it and it's not a hit. And then I'm like, okay, so I'll just do something different. But it was more important that I tried it because I wanted
0: to exactly so it sounds like you are you have developed a process within yourself way of taking risks i got
1: <laughs> i got that way especially after i became a mom i looked at her and i it made me realize that you know cuz i didn't get into crafting until i was 29 30 and my whole life i wanted things to work out a certain way and it, i You know, it's never too late to wake up and realize that you still have time. But when I saw my daughter and I saw myself in her, I wanted to be able for her to take risks, to do things, to try things and not fail. So I wanted to be that role model for her because, I mean, we're going to be whatever I do, whatever I try. She's going to learn that from me. It's not what I say to her. It's how I live my life. So after I had her, I was like... Well, what am I teaching her if I don't take risks? I don't want her to stay in her comfort zone because it's outside of the comfort zone that you grow.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: So that really helps me to to know that I'm taking these risks and I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm having fun. And she gets to she gets to learn that and she'll do she'll do amazing things and she'll do it much sooner than me.
0: Because now she will have seen you as an example of doing incredible things and building courage and confidence to really own up to your own story.
1: Yes, and I think it's really, really important. I learned it so late, but that, you know, not just art, but any kind of creativity, like that's, it's having that curiosity and that childlike wonder to always have that and for her to have it at an earlier age, like I'm going to get her into... Uh, I'll, I'll have her try different classes and courses and, you know, hobbies and whatever resonates with her. But I want her to be interested and curious and try things. And I didn't have that growing up. and But a part of me always knew something was missing. And it was just to be able to have fun like that.
0: I think what you said there, uh, staying curious and mm-hmm. growing up and having curiosity as one of your strengths in my opinion is an important aspect of any kind of creative work or in general in life if you are curious even during a conversation uh, you will learn things you will grow and you will come out to the other side as a different person
1: yes it's a new perspective a new way to look at things um, yeah that's what that's what i like when i i love that's the reason i love connecting with people and always And not just from my industry, I've been learning from different industries, and it just helps you to be more creative, like try something just a little differently, and you still get to, that's how you find your style.
0: Exactly, yeah. I'm curious, how did your business came to be? Uh, You started collecting enamel pins because you were really interested in them, and you started collecting them. And when did this idea of turning it into a business came, and how... You built
1: it. I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I didn't have the confidence or the courage. My brothers are all entrepreneurs, they all work from home. And I always looked at them. Um, By the way, they were pharmacists and they quit their jobs within like a year or two. And they're like, this, I can't, we can't live this lifestyle. (laughs) Um, So that kind of stayed with me for a few years. And I knew I wanted to do something related to crafting or art, but I just couldn't figure out what. And then I started collecting enamel pins last year, and I built my collection and realized they didn't really have too many related to card making.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I figured if it's not out there, then I can design it. I had no design skills or illustration skills, so I learned you know, how to do a basic sketch and then had someone just do the line work for me. So in a way, I also was learning the business aspect of outsourcing,
0: <laughs> right. whatever
1: wasn't really really, you know, like my strength and being okay with that. Like usually when I, I, I try to do everything myself. And mm-hmm. so this year I learned to be able to ask people for help or learn how to work with other people and collaborate and outsource. So I was, I didn't realize as I was doing it, I was building my business skills as well. hmm and so that's how it started, like knowing that it wasn't out there. And then that gave me the chance to be able to put it out. Because if, if it was already out there, then I'd be like, who am I to, you know, make crafty pins? Right. A lot of companies started making crafty pins after that. So it was kind of already like becoming a trend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I I stayed with it because I was, I was putting my style to it, like my own designs to it. So it, I still made it different know.
0: That is so interesting because, um, you know, you mentioned you didn't even have the drawing or illustration skills and you started learning them and you trusted your, your gut, your intuition that you will figure it out as you go.
1: Yes. Uh, one of the people that I was following was is, uh, Marie Forleo. Mm-hmm. And she has a phrase, she just came out with a book called Everything is outable." So, I wasn't saying that exact phrase, but kind of told myself I could learn it anything is possible, and if I can't learn it, I'll outsource it.
0: I think that that one sentence that one phrase is really important for any kind of work, especially the creative kind of work mm-hmm. if you tr- and also the trust trusting yourself, trusting your gut, and just keep on trying and keep on going. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're right, and I, I follow
1: my intuition, so I, I am okay with doing things my way. So, in, initially, I wanted to do a release every single month, but then I I had to ask myself, why am I putting this pressure on myself? It's because every other company was doing a release every month, and I'm like, well, some of them have teams, some of them don't have, you know, children my age, like like my daughter's age. I mean. And so I had to learn to do things my way and still be okay with it, that I can build a business in my way. And I get a lot of ideas all the time and I can't get to them and that's okay too. But it's just being able to take a few steps towards my vision and enjoying what I'm doing while I'm doing it. Because if I was trying to do too much, then I would get overwhelmed and not enjoy it anymore.
0: Right. And the reason why you wanted to switch to um, building this business and this creative side of of your personality was mainly because you wanted to enjoy the process itself as well
1: I, I i find it really fun because i get to do whatever i want and i it's you know it gives me creative freedom and i also do want to be able to you know have financial freedom as well and not work for other people i found myself clashing with uh, the companies i worked with mainly because i have a certain style, you know, like I'm an introvert. I need to be left alone. I can learn things quickly, but I want to do things on my own. And that was, that's sometimes hard in a corporate world because you have, you have meetings and rules. And so I took a risk with the business and, you know, I, I saw that I could do it and I am doing it and I'm still enjoying it and I'll just keep building it. And it may go in different directions. Like right now, I'm trying to add a service-based aspect to it. And most product-based companies don't do that. So it's like, it's fun for me because I get to do it in my own way.
0: Exactly, yeah. And it's also um, wonderful that you're giving yourself permission to try it and do things your own way and differently.
1: Yeah, sometimes I can't even believe it that I'm doing it. Because a lot of people, like, especially for businesses, small businesses, um, Uh, people who run it themselves it's the first few years is really hard that's true yeah so it it gave me the confidence that I knew this this is what I was meant to do just because it kind of it, it you know some parts of it is a struggle there have been hard months but for the most part um it was just me facing myself and learning like my weaknesses and my strengths being okay with that and then running with that, seeing what my strengths are and focusing on that and seeing that my creativity does, you know, resonate with other people and to keep sharing my story and showing up, um, just enjoying the process in a way.
0: Right. I love that.
1: I'm having fun. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering when you first started your business and this creative um, practice of yours, um, Mm -hmm. what were your struggles back then?
1: my main struggle is being able to still be a mom to show up for my daughter she started walking around the same time I launched my business maybe like a week after so it was hard enough for her to crawl because she's crawling everywhere she's super curious <laughs> she's super energetic and curious and um, my mom helps out but she's getting older too and my husband was working at that time so it was you know, the business was just supposed to be something that I do for a little bit, and I didn't think it would take up so much time. But it did well, and so it ended up taking up a lot more time. Even my family was surprised because they just thought I was doing it for fun,
0: mm-hmm. and I was like,
1: "No, I'm making money <laughs> with my <laughs> ideas." And so then I had to do the hard thing and ask my mom for more help. Like, I need you to watch my daughter for a few, you know, like more hours than usual. And that was my heart. You know, like my struggle I hadn't started working then uh, I started my part-time job in July so I had a few months where I put in a lot more hours in the business you know working Um, and so that you know I, I struggled with mom guilt a lot mm-hmm. I still do <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have come a far way and your business it it appears that you have you know taken the first few steps in your business quite quickly in comparison to other service-based businesses you know what i mean yes so i was thinking um how did you make that happen
1: i think it's because of who i am it's because of my my profession is social work which means i'm invested in learning self-awareness human connection and helping people and i brought that into my creativity I didn't just create just to create. I created to be able to connect with people, to gain confidence, and then teach other people that they can be confident too. Like it's a skill that you build. It's, you know, some people, when I first started crafting, I thought I had avoided illustration and sketching and design and anything related to art because I thought it was supposed to be a natural talent. So I learned that no, it's just like any other skill, like you learn it. And you can learn it fast. And I was already a fast learner. I was a straight A student. You know, anything I put my mind to, I would do really well. Um, With artwork, it was more about struggling with just having faith in myself. So I learned that over time. And then, um, especially with business, it just took it to a whole new level. And you see results a little more differently than just, you know, making cards and sharing it with people but i i had built a community over the years as i was card making so i i was able to connect with my community and my business did better because i had already built that
0: when you when you started this um three venture of yours you didn't have any any prior experience right
1: not in a like i didn't have any <laughs> mba or taken any business courses but i think because i had already certain skills mhm that made it like a perfect thing for me to be an entrepreneur.
0: I was just wondering about it because, you know, I've seen so many, um, I have connected with so many uh, wonderful creative humans online. And these are the few things that that they really, really struggle with. If they want to set up a business online, a creative one where they want to have that kind of creative freedom to do their you know, their best kind of work and also to make it sustainable and have the creative, uh, not only the creative freedom, but also have the freedom uh, of time to spend with their families mm-hmm. and and become financially stable. But this is this is what stands in the way because we keep on thinking ourselves as not be can, being an expert, whatever that industry is, where we, where we are finding ourselves being called to.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm still not not an expert. No, <laughs> I, I'm learning. But at the, you're right. Like You just need to start and you learn over time. So when I mentioned that you should always have that childlike wonder, it, you always have to have that sense of like you're a beginner. Exactly. And be humble. Even if you've excelled at something, you can learn to look at it a different way and try it a different way. Um, it's just hard to be an expert because yeah. then that you won't keep learning and growing
0: what i really wanted to say was i was just thinking about it because you know, i used to think like that too because uh, that you need to be an expert mm-hmm. i don't um uh, feel like that anymore because with time i've learned that with this amount of information available online this kind of knowledge base that our older generation didn't have access right. to and now we do and there's so much you can you know learn and there's not enough time to keep learning uh, Mm -hmm. all that you want to learn so uh, I think I have kind of stepped back from um, the myth of an expert or a specialist because there's always something that you could be learning more
1: Oh yeah. Learning is always possible. And exactly. you want to watch out for information overload because then some people, I, I was like this too, where I was just, I wanted to take all the courses, work with all the coaches. But then I realized that I wasn't staying still and listening to my intuition.
0: Exactly. When I
1: learned to slow down, I was able to, because some. that's why I was able to take risks because I, I listened to what I wanted to do and not the way that you know, so quote unquote, experts were telling you to do it. Because
0: exactly. sometimes it yeah. won't
1: work for your business.
0: That's so true. And also because um, not only for business, but also for your creative art practice, if you are trying to follow a certain path or any kind of blueprint that you think is going to take you where you want to go, I think at that point you need to reconsider your own definition of success and mm-hmm. where where exactly it is that you want to go because the blueprint that you are trying to follow might lead you to somebody else's definition of success. And uh, that maybe isn't the place that you want to go. And to continue on the conversation you just mentioned before, um, I think it is really, really important to slow down and sit with your own thoughts and really connect with what is it that you really want with your own intuition because that can guide your path and that can lead you to that kind, the kind of freedom that you are aching for.
1: Yes. And this reminds me of a quote from an artist that I follow and that, cause I was trying to figure out what my definition of success was, cause it wasn't like an end result or a certain amount of money or a certain position. And I love the way she said it. she said, success is, me being happy with who I am becoming and that that really resonated with me because that's you know sometimes when you're not feeling anything you're wondering well what am I feeling and then I realized that I was at peace with myself and Mm -hmm. that's what was helping me in my business
0: oh I love that That when I wasn't at peace
1: with myself that's when I was struggling so it was realizing that not to be committed to numbers or results Mm -hmm. and to enjoy the process more
0: right this kind of realization comes once you have gone through that process once Mm -hmm. you have considered both sides of it and then you realize it is kind of not fulfilling you the way you thought it would the numbers and you know the outcome because there's always something more you can work towards and (laughs) (laughs) definitely but i love that you started this conversation around having to uh, trust your own self and listening to your own gut if you really want to uh, build something that would work for you it is important to listen to your own self and your own intuition
1: definitely i mean it, it's not easy because i i'm i've been a people pleaser for so long and i care what my family thinks i care what my friends think and I just had to keep putting my intuition first, like knowing like my gut is telling me that what I want makes sense for me. And other people may not agree. My husband may not agree, my parents, my friends. um, But I'll still try it because it's something that keeps coming up for me.
0: Right. Uh, I think (laughs) we all go through this phase of being a people pleaser. Yeah. I think with time, with age and with experience, you learn to become okay with who you think you are instead of, you know, trying to fit in and pleasing people.
1: Right. And I, I thought like I had to be successful by a certain age and I, I'm real. I mean, I'm I'm 35 and I, I feel young and I feel happy that I came to these realizations and that I'm still growing and learning. And so I don't feel like, you know, it's never too late to change or try something
0: that is quite an interesting point so you started your business when you were about 30
1: I started crafting when I was 30 I started my business when I was 34 and then I just turned 35 in June
0: if that was me it could have stopped me (laughs) because I might have told (laughs) myself that it's too too late for me because I still do that and I just turned 30 (laughs) (laughs)
1: no I mean I still want to learn how to illustrate and my struggle is being able to you know if I spend time illustrating I'm not spending time with my daughter and she's not going to be this young so it's like telling myself I still have time to learn
0: exactly I want to
1: do it later because right now what's more important is my daughter because she's she's 20 months old you know she's at a beautiful age very you know her personality is coming out she's curious she's learning uh, about her environment and the people around it, so I want to be able to spend time with her. So I'm building the business, but my priority is my daughter right now.
0: Right. I'm curious, what does your day-to-day routine looks like? What does oh your God. day-to-day creative <laughs> process look like?
1: I, I hardly have a routine because it, it depends on uh, who's helping with my daughter,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I've learned to be okay with it. For so long, I wanted like a strict routine, but that was like the perfectionist side of me. So in my mind, I just make sure that uh, a few things are done and things are moving forward and, you know, things are in place for the business. And that way I can have the freedom to be with my daughter, my family. You know, I I told you before, um, everyone in my family is an entrepreneur. So I get to spend a lot of time with my brothers, my sister, nieces, nephews. Um, In terms of uh, for creativity, I'm always writing things down or, you know, sketching, doodling, or working with my designers um, to create designs for my products. So I already have things lined up for December and January. Um, And I'm always, I always have ideas. (laughs) So I'm always (laughs) writing them down. So that part of my creativity is always alive. I'm always reading and learning. Um, And then just being present with my daughter. Right. Cause that, that part, that human connection and knowing what I want her to learn it like it, it nurtures my creativity um, and then things that I want to teach other people, you know, I'm working on a book as well. Um, and there are a few things I want to launch next year. So my mind's always
0: <laughs> active. It is always occupied. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> I have so many ideas that I want to, you know bring to life this podcast being one of them and uh, yeah there's not never enough time
1: <laughs> yeah i mean so when the ideas come before i used to get frustrated because i'm like oh my god i'm never going to have time to do anything but now like if the ideas come i write it down and then if i can get to it i can get to it you know there's always a, a season for everything so it's exactly. uh i get excited when i get the ideas but i'm not caught up in like oh my god like in my head, because you don't want to be there, you're going to miss out on the present.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah, and uh, I think this is this practice is what I've built over time. When I get a new idea, uh, I have a dedicated notebook now <laughs> where I write down that idea. And if it's, you know, if I if I still can't thinking about it, let's say after a week, I. Try to go back and revisit those ideas and see if I can somehow think about, you know, uh, taking on with them. Or if I if I want to fit them in my next quarter, let's say.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. If it keeps coming up for me, then that means that that's something that needs my attention.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I was wondering, what would you like to say to someone who is... um who is curious to learn more about setting up a business that would work for them based on their strengths and is struggling to make it happen? What would you like to say to someone like that?
1: Okay. Um, now that I've been running my business for a few months, it, I had recognized that there was, let's say, a need for something um, that didn't exist. It was my need. (laughs) I wanted those (laughs) things there. So, I mean, it could be a need that you have. And then um, the creative desire to do it. Right. And then start really small so you don't get overwhelmed. And surround yourself with people who either help you or encourage you. So I was able to surround myself with other people who were um, starting their business or already had a business, like the people I had worked with in the industry, or I joined, let's say, a a B school online. And then we had a Facebook group, so you can ask people questions. So keep it small, like, you know, start with like, what do you want to do? Who do you want to serve? What kind of products do you want to have? You could start with just one product, um, test it out, um, find people, see if they can, and if it's something they like, or if it's something you can improve. But you have to be curious. You can't um, think that, you know, you've perfected it. You're going to put it out there and then people are just going to come to it. So it's it's a learning process. But you have to start. So start small. Take baby steps. For me, I, pick, I, I really had to break it down so I wouldn't get overwhelmed and scared. I, I was like, well, what business name can I start with? And buy the domain. Then hire someone to do the branding, um, start the basic sketches, and find someone who could do the line work. So it was like, you know, every few days I had like one basic task, but Mm -hmm. I kept moving forward. And if something didn't work, like even just trying to find manufacturers, that was a process too. Like um, the first one didn't work out, I had to find a different one. So knowing not to get discouraged, that it is something that you can learn. And then to ask other people, like I would reach out to other pin makers, ask them for advice. Some people will respond, some won't. But, you know, you can't do it by yourself either. Because there are people who've already done it. So you want to be able to, you know, tap into that, ask people for help. People do want to help. People come to me all the time. I get messages about all kinds of things. And I do help people out. So people are approachable. And... It is doable.
0: And if you have a desire, then you should answer that desire. I think to start with your passion first is the first step. And mm-hmm. you're so right to break it down into really, really, really small steps. Because otherwise you will get overwhelmed. Because at the job, you have a certain kind of job description. But when you're starting your own business and you have no idea about you know if it, it is going to work or not or what are the actual steps of getting there because let let's be honest there there are no blueprints there are no ex- formulas for success so you have to try certain things out and see what works and what doesn't work and in that process you can get overwhelmed very easily because there are so many things that you that need your attention if you want to bring the business into life so I love that you try to Break it down into those small steps and kept the focus for your weeks. One thing at a time.
1: Yeah. And then I think some people want to start a business. They get caught up in the numbers. Like I have to have certain number of followers or certain number of sales to be good enough. And it's uh, it takes away from um, really learning like the, the nitty gritty of the business part. That, you know, like how to build your email list, how to nurture your audience, how to share your story, um, finding what platform works for you. It's like just being able to take those steps and do it and learn from that because we are going to make mistakes and you have to be okay with that. It's part of the process.
0: Right. And to have fun is the most important part of the process.
1: Yes, I mean, there will be struggles, but it will be fun too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. And I think the people who are um, willing to put themselves through this kind of challenge actually love that kind of challenge. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I love being challenged. And this is something I've seen common in other business owners as well. And I think this is the one strength that keeps us going. Mm -hmm.
1: A year ago, I wouldn't have done podcast interviews. So it's like for me to put myself out there, knowing that people will listen to me, well, you know, I'm I'm not overly concerned with how I sound because I'm sharing my truth. And so some people will resonate with my story. And that's why I share my voice now. Like, I'm not afraid to put myself out there. I
0: love that. And I think that is exactly the same for me as well. I started this business for more than a year ago and I took my time <laughs> in really starting to owning my own story online and mm-hmm. as there are a lot of other fears uh, who stop as creatives or business owners or, or in general as human beings in our lives and in our work from showing up and taking space. but. Uh, in my particular case, one of the reasons that I, I kind of really struggled with and was that English is not my first language, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to struggle a lot <laughs> more than you know uh, someone who who has English as their first language if I want to use English to you know communicate in right. my business or online, and. Uh, I have had this idea for this podcast for a very long time, but I, I never pursued it because I thought I have, you know, I can't really express myself in in this language in a way that I would really be able to express myself in my own language. And
1: um, you're doing a great job, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I think by starting to challenge myself and putting myself out there and really embracing that this is my truth. And this is how this is who I am. This is how it is. And I'm willing to learn as I go. And I'm going to try it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. I'm glad you tried it. Uh, it seems like it's something that you're good at. Oh, thank you. <laughs> English is my second language, actually. But I, I learned it when I was six. So I'm, I mainly have a Jersey accent. <laughs>
0: that is a funny thing because I studied all my life in English, but Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, until the time you start using it to really communicate to people, you don't really get the hang of it. And that's the thing with any language, if you don't get to use Mm -hmm. it much, you don't, it takes a little longer for you to express yourself. And this is the thing I was actually discussing with my coach the other day that when I write, I feel like I can, express myself very much better than I talk and this is something I you know I started sharing to her about um my struggle with uh, these with conducting these podcast interviews and I was saying mm. you know what when I was listening back to them I had so many other thoughts that I wanted to say but they, that they didn't come to me at that point and if I sit down and write about them you know they will always <laughs> appear in much better words and uh, <laughs> And this is, uh, again, this is part of the process and something that, you know, you get better at by practicing Um, and that's the same with any other creative activity as well. You start doing something and then you start practicing it and practicing it and putting in the hours and then you finally become better at it.
1: Yes. And then you're giving people permission to do the same thing because they probably have similar fears or fears like that as well. And they'll see that you did it. And that's what I did with my business. I think a lot of people were inspired to do their own thing or start something on the side.
0: I think you're, yeah, you're right.
1: That's why it's important to share your voice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was just about going to say the same thing. That is why I think it is so important to share our stories. And just by simply sharing our truth, we are kind of empowering others to share their own and live their own truth out loud, too. Mm -hmm,
1: Definitely. Sometimes it'll just be from watching you or listening to you, not even, like, interacting.
0: Exactly, yeah. I have one last question for you. Okay. So what does living a wholehearted creative life look like for you?
1: Hmm. Well, now I know that I can no longer ignore my inner creative. <laughs> so to be able to answer to, you know, like my intuition and try things. I'm multi-passionate, so I have no single role. And everything that I am intertwines. So me being a mom, a wife, daughter, friend, artist, business owner, human all of that's like connected and all of that connects to my creativity and so i'm living my truth (laughs) i'm sharing my voice um i'm showing up and learning how to slow down be present uh, connect with other people i'm thriving so people around me will thrive um I see everything as an opportunity. Everyone I meet is a mirror to me. So it like helps me with my relationships. And just like the journey I'm on is just bringing me joy because you know I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm getting better as a human being, more aware of things and I'm sharing beautiful things in the world. And that's what makes the world a better place when you're a better person.
0: That is amazing. <laughs> So where can we find you online?
1: Um, so I'm mainly on Instagram and it's my handle is the Grey Muse, and Gray is with an A. A lot of people sometimes write with an E, but it's with an A. Um, my website is uh thegraymuse.com. So if you if you can find me there, then you can find my all all my other links as well.
0: Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me. All the resources and links we mentioned will be over on my website sml.com forward slash podcast h-i-r-a-s-a-h-m-e-d.com forward slash podcast If you think you have a friend who might benefit from this conversation, it would be really nice if you could share the link of this episode with them. One last thing that I would like to ask you, if you found this helpful and if you can take a moment to subscribe and review the podcast, if you're curious to find out more about me and the work that I do, come on over on my website and come sign up for getting a letter from me to you in your inbox every other Sunday. These letters are where I share my personal stories, resources, inspiration for you and lessons that I'm learning along the way too. And I would love to connect with you. or Come say hello on Instagram. I am at Hira Um, Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I'll catch you again in 2020. I hope you have a wonderful start to the new year.